Hey, this is Todd Stacy And Mary Sell. Welcome to In the Weeds with Alabama Daily News. Mary, we are, I don't, maybe it's, maybe we can't say we're in the home stretch, but we are approaching the home we, stretch. We see of it. Session. We see it on the horizon. <laughs> Seven days left. You know, I, I keep saying just about every night on um, Capital Journal, I'll give like an update of, okay, there's 10 days left, there's eight days left, but I've started realizing I need to give a, an explainer on that. Like, it doesn't yeah. mean just a week. Yeah. That <laughs> is a three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, in truth be told, we could be here another three weeks. Um, because well, it, I mean, don't say that. <laughs> it's, it's, but yeah. it's very, it's very possible because I'm just looking at the calendar and look, we, we haven't gotten a official word from, um, House or Senate leadership. They, it's kind of, kind of weird how they always sort of keep that close to the vest. I'm not really right. sure what the, I think it's just one of those things like we know something you don't know, but maybe there's some strategic value to it that I can't remember. But all right, today's, you know, May 23rd, the, the, the The 24th day, 24th day. So we're going to, I'm going to assume a three day week. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hearing. So, so counting down or I guess count up 24, 25, 26, Mm -hmm. that leaves four more days left. Yeah, and I've heard two days next week. Okay. So Is that, that different than what you Well, it kind of doesn't matter because, yeah. like, what we're, what we're all sort of bouncing around is, like, will they do the 10-day window? I think it's in all likelihood that they do. Um, there's just been too much back and forth between the mm-hmm. governor's office and the legislature this year. So let's just assume that they want to do it. Right. Uh, well, unless they want to be in until – late because it it doesn't matter when you do it if you if you pass all of your legislation like let's just say they get the budgets done they get all the bills that they want passed finished by may 31st well then they can take the 10-day window right then because if that's all that they want to to block the pocket veto for come back and have and have two legislative days and it's no big deal it doesn't really matter as long as you are taking it after you've passed the bills, you're worried about the veto. Right. So my bet is on June 12th, Monday, June 12th being the last day. Cause that would be, that would give them the flexibility of two, three day weeks. You, then you take from June 1st to June 12th, plenty of time. And that's the, that's the last day. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think you're right about the the ten days, uh, and then come back. And if you, they get anything, if if there's anything else to be done that last day, uh, that's such a weird limbo time for some folks who still have bills pending. But yeah, yeah. get the important stuff done, and don't count on anything else coming after that uh, on that last day or two days. But what would be interesting is if, let's say you're right, and they only took two days next week so 27th and 28th days Mm -hmm. took took the two day took the 10 day window came back the 12th did their veto override business but still had a a day in their pocket for any really any time the 13th or any time so you know to kind of That'd be kind of nice flexibility if I'm in leadership. Like, okay, we got one more day to really clean yeah. up anything 
that, that, maybe that's anything that folks really wanted to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's we will see in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but a programming note, this will be <laughs> unless something goes terribly wrong. This will be the last late May, early June that we're in a regular session. That's right. Be Senator Gavan's bill passed that in the future, we won't, the, the, the first year of the quadrennium will start in February, February. As, as God intended. And we <laughs> won't. I just don't think the, the session, it's a wintertime sport. It's not a spring sport. <laughs> well, certainly not summer. Yeah. Certainly right. not summer. And, and I mean, we have been really fortunate this year with some great weather, great temperatures. I mean, yeah, I, you know, knock on wood. The minute I say that, we're going to have you know scorching temperatures, but it's been pleasant. Yeah, and, but but when it gets hot, and the state house is just as awful as it is in any <laughs> month, and then it gets yeah. hot, and there's a bunch of people in there, and they're all dressed in wool suits or or have yeah. been marching all day or whatever. It it's sticky. It gets nasty. It gets yeah. And so, um, but oh, it's such a good, it's such a good reform. It, it costs you nothing. Right. You know, you, you still have the election year starting in, in really in January. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just every year we'll be out of here in May. And that's just, yeah. that, that's, as you that's, said, the way God intended. <laughs> that's Yeah. And that same bill, maybe it gets us a new state house. So I, you know, we don't pick our favorite bills, but... <laughs> Uh, so right. what are we what are we, what are you looking for this week? What's what's the big news? Well, I mean budget week, right? Yeah. So we had a couple of weeks ago the first round of budget week, meaning budgets in committee and on the floor. So two weeks ago, or I guess, um, Senate passes education budget, House passes general fund. Now they've swapped chambers. It's the House's turn on the education trust fund. It's the Senate's term turn on the general fund. So, you know, I, I was talking with Chairman Garrett in the House. That's mm -hmm. where the education budget is. And, you know, they didn't rush it. They took a couple of weeks to really try to hear from all the members because right. we know that, of course, it's a giant education trust fund. It's $8.8 .8 billion. But really more this... Um, supplemental. So, yeah, the supplemental $2.8 But that's been the more controversial thing. I, I want to get your take because you, you you did the reporting on this. It was like, hey, not everybody's <laughs> happy with this not allocation. everybody. Yeah. Shocking when you're doling out $3 billion that some folks uh, some folks want to talk about that. that. Talk about that. So, yeah. The North-South sort of thing. and then, Right. And that's an issue that raises raises its head every once in a while when we talk about, like, TVA money. It happened with the, the BP spill money. This, you know, North versus South and who gets what, who's getting treated fairly or not. But after... And it should be noted that the the Senate passed the education budget and the supplemental unanimously. Nobody had much to say negative right. on the on the floor about it. But afterwards, some numbers started circulating that got the folks, particularly from Mobile County, worked up about what was not in that supplemental anymore, namely their mm -hmm. airport project and the state dock project to to rehab uh, the, the coal facility there. Mm -hmm. And folks started looking at, well, the North Northern County's got this, you know, Senator Orr is from Morgan County, North Alabama. 
that became kind of an issue. Um, and so there's been a really hard push from, from those Southern Alabama lawmakers. And that includes general fund chairman, uh, Greg Albritton in the Senate, who now has the general fund budget on his desk. Um, and I talked to Senator Albritton today about where he stands on that budget. And he said, well, we'll, he, he could not tell me yes or no, whether it would be in committee this week. He said, there's, they're still working on it. Um, and he's still concerned about finding money somewhere for those Mobile County projects. Um, so that that is a, a ongoing conversation, apparently. Uh, oh, that's interesting. But, but meanwhile, I mean, Senator Orr can point to this map that LSA drew up that has all the county allocations or all the allocations, I should say, in the supplemental by county. And it, it we ran the numbers last week and it, it seems pretty pretty evenly spread so a little but, more but, even than the, the the mobile folks might let on right so but to say nothing again, of demopolis, demopolis say, is yeah pissed, yeah yeah and and um folks from demopolis from uab have been in the state house talking about trying to get funding back for the 31 million dollar uh residential high school magnet high school focused on health care so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of feelings going around. Um, so yeah, the supplemental probably even the bigger deal than the general fund budget. Interestingly enough, I'm looking at Chairman Garrett's agenda for Wednesday and I see he has in committee, um, you know, part of the supplemental was the um, tax rebate that got cut in the Senate from Governor Ivey's original dollars yeah, it went got, from a, a billion to 270-something, yeah. Right, a little over $100 per person. Senate Representative Garrett has on his agenda his bill that he filed back in March that would take that back to the 400 800 So, hmm. and again, I just saw this agenda. I did not talk to Representative Garrett about that particular bill. But I, I had heard some rumblings last week that maybe the House would try to bump that number back up. Um, but there's just a whole domino kind of effect at this point of things that need to happen um, or how one thing's going to affect a lot of other things. Yeah. The, um, the grocery tax bill, which is also on Representative Garrett's agenda for Wednesday, he's carrying the House version of Senator Jones' grocery tax bill. It's got like a $305 million price tag on it. Um, if that bill passes, and it's got a lot of support, if that passes, if that's the big tax cut push that they want, um, that's going to mean that a lot of other potential tax cuts don't happen, um, is what Senator Orr told me today. Yeah. Uh, because, and he, he has said from the very beginning, and, and Garrett has said this too, there's only so much to go around. There's only so many cuts. And if you look at the... the if you look at all the tax cut bills that have been filed, I mean, there's dozens of them mm -hmm. and, and several of them have made their way to the Senate, made their way to the Senate. Um, and some of them are pretty popular. I mean, they're good. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Representative Daniels overtime, the the bill that would cut yeah. income tax on overtime for, for hourly workers. I mean, that would impact a lot of middle class folks. Yeah, but, um, sounds like sounds like they're gonna have to get together and figure out what they want because right, you know, 
Senator Orr's got all these tax cut bills just sitting in his lap and won't even be able to move on them until there's only six days left. Really, if you think about it, five days left. Right. And so that's, that's yeah, a he's not he doesn't have a he doesn't have a committee meeting scheduled this week. Oh, interesting. Well, that makes it even uh, <laughs> makes it even more interesting. Um, but going back to the to the agenda for Wednesday's House Education Budget, yeah, committee it's meeting, a doozy. The fact that both the Senate passed version, or maybe they'll make some amendments or whatever, but mm -hmm. but he's he's bringing back the the original rebate. That's curious, and I wonder if he might allow them to vote on both and allow them to advance both and kind of play this game of you know, <laughs> king of the hill. There's this old yeah. rule in, in Congress we'd call you know king of the hill. You let them vote on both, whichever one kind of makes it to the end. You you choose. I don't think that would ever happen in the rules here, but allow the House to kind of decide, which is really interesting because I kept hearing that, um, that there were plenty of House members that since the rebate was so small, they were just ready to be done with it, Chuck it. And, and, and put, you know, put that money somewhere else. But, but bringing it back to 400 or 800 is significant and, and, and starts the ball game back again. But again, that, right. that would, I'm assuming that that cuts into the plans to, to create this brand new education um, savings reserve account. fund. Reserve. Yeah. Savings account that, that was 500 million. Right. Yeah, yeah, and which came from mostly from the uh, or probably all from the rebate. Um, it's not the only place the rebate went, but yeah, they they cut the rebate by more than that. So yeah, that's um, man, this is going to be a really really this... interesting week. <laughs> yeah, and and I did speak with uh, Chairman Garrett about grocery tax a little bit and just saying like, there isn't a whole lot of time left. What do you think? He's like, yeah, there's not because this is basically the second step, you know, committee. Um, and so it only has really four days to pass. Um, but it's got a hundred co-sponsors in the house and that's only because they couldn't find the other five people that were you know, out of the building <laughs> and it's got 35 in the Senate. So it's in, yeah. you know, unless leadership somehow decides they don't want it or unless, you know, half the people that have put their name on it decide that they somehow have changed their mind. I mean, it, it process to me, process is the only thing that can get in the way of grocery tax right. at this point. Right. I absolutely think you're right. And I still think that some of the folks that put their name on this bill don't love it and maybe don't even want it. Well, I would, um, I would agree with that because I think, but, but I but also at, think at this it's, point, the, it's the yeah. way in the door. Right. Yeah. But at this point, especially if if this comes out of committee and it passes the House, and I'm sure it would pass the House, um, although, you know, Alex reported on Monday there will be an amendment by Senator Bolton to that would undo the the clause that says that cities and counties couldn't raise uh, couldn't raise their sales mm. tax on food. That'll be a that'll be a debate. But I think this thing passes the House. And then even if they hate it, who's going to step in front of this train like, right. it, and be the most unpopular person in the state? Like the, the guy that killed the grocery tax cut. So yeah. I, mean, I think if this point. passes the House, it's a done deal. Unless there's some backdoor deal and all of a sudden it just disappears. But I just. Yeah. 
And look, this is so are... popular. So many people have been screaming about this. We've had leadership get get out saying we're going to do this. Um, right, Lieutenant Governor. Yeah, uh, has been big on it, and I, and I I go back to Andrew Jones. I mean, with without him stepping out there and doing this, really starting last year mm-hmm. as a Republican, you know, not, you don't see that a whole lot, um, and really make maybe convincing his caucus that this is you know. Uh, a winner. The only thing yeah. I, I come back to as just sort of a, you know, devil's advocate pushback is, all right, we are talking about a pretty low percentage starting out, right? right. Like, I mean, so like this year, it would be what? 0.5%. Point, yeah. So, so half a penny of your sales tax in the grocery store or on grocery items right. taken off. There, my point is, they aren't going to feel it. Right, right away, it's going to sound bigger than it is. And um, yeah. I think there could be, and even in the years to come, I mean, it's still not going to be a full repeal. And so I yeah, think- Yeah, 2% in, in four years. Right. Um, and, and I think when people hear grocery tax, grocery sales tax cut and all this, they, they have something different in their head. I mean, just, right. just run-of-the-mill folks who don't listen to In the Weeds Well, yeah, podcast. because that's the message that the the- some of the proponents are, oh, we're gonna, re- we're cutting your grocery tax. Okay, yeah. you're cutting it by half over four years, unless the general fund revenues dip by two percent, and then da 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 da. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, you can't get everything in the headline on this one. Yeah. I mean, there's. A- <laughs> but even so, you know, state sales tax is only four pennies on the dollar, and yeah. so it it's it, you know most most folks is about ten percent. You know, and so when you when you hear sales tax on groceries taken off, I think a lot of people probably hear ten percent, you know, off yeah. of their taxes, and that's just not or ten percent right. of their groceries, and that's just not um, going to be the case. So, I guess I don't. I, I would hate to be the lawmaker that overpromised and underdelivered, uh, but at the same time, it's a it's a cut, and we cut it's your a cut. groceries. It's, that's yeah. cut your taxes on groceries. That's a good. It's a political winner. And it, it's more than I thought they were going to be able to do at the beginning of the session. So. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> let's, you know, take us back to January, February. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the governor's office is batting around ideas for, for the session. It's like, you know, well, dang it. We didn't know this was going to take off. We'd have put it, yeah. in, we, we'd have <laughs> gotten in front of this parade, but yeah. Um, at the same time, that's the way things are supposed to be. Things are supposed to bubble up. Everything is not, you know, neat and tied up in the governor's state of the state. It's it's. I I think in this case, the legislative process has kind of worked pretty well, and that this this did not come from anybody's some leadership agenda or or anything like that. It kind of bubbled up, and it got a life of its own, got momentum on its own. Yeah. Yeah. And there've been a lot of people working really hard on this for a lot of years and it's not everything that they want, but it's better than nothing. It's way in the door. And it's, it's kind of like leader Daniels, uh, Anthony Daniels would say like, let's, let's do it and figure out, was there a fiscal impact? Was there, did did the education trust fund fall apart? And if it didn't, you might see more willingness in the future to say, all right, let's, let's go full full bore here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, Wednesday will be a big, um, big committee day. Yes, it will. What else this week? 
because we not just this week, this the rest of the month. Um, oh, school choice. So yeah. that's that's also that's that's through committee. Uh, and which and, ones? Well, I'm thinking of the Price Act. Yeah. Yep. Because when people ask me about school choice, whether it's on the radio or whatever, that's that's where it comes up. Is like these radio shows that are based outside of Montgomery. And ninety percent of the time, they're talking about the Price Act that that got so many headlines, right? So this is right. the one that most of the conservative groups got behind, like Eagle Forum, mm-hmm. uh, Policy Policy Institute. Um, some other kind of Republican groups. This is the one they wanted. This is the one they really pushed. Um, and it's it's now through committee. Um, but I, I keep, my response is always like, well, there's more than just that bill. Right. I think that's what they mean and that's what they want. But I, I would say that that bill has a less likelihood of passing than some other school choice legislation that really hasn't received the same fanfare. Right. Yeah. Um, the same time that, uh, well, I say this, I have to go back and think about the same time that the price act came out of committee, uh, Senator Chastine's accountability act expansion bill. It would allow, it would expand. Yeah, well, I, think it, I think it was the same day. Yeah. 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 I just, sounds... just, you didn't hear about it. Cause you know. right. I wrote about it. Well, I did too. I did too. I, I made a whole graphic. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm yeah, it's not the, as the, sexy as giving everybody seven thousand dollars to do what they want. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, just we the Accountability Act, twenty thirteen um, scholarship programs, failing schools. We um, his bill would d- do several things. It would expand the number of schools that from which students could come um, and qualify for these scholarships. It it ups the amount of money that they could receive. Um, it does a few other things, um, but general expansion. And this is, you know, Governor Ivy hinted at the state of the state. Well, she did more than hint, but, you know, she talked about expanding some of the, the options that, that we already have. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what this does. So I, th- I think that we will see this one, this one move. Uh, I think this is the, the choice on choice. Ha! <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And um, so the the price act. I don't think it's the amount of money because he obviously amended the bill to bring that way down to like fifty million dollars, which you know is I don't think is is nearly as big a deal as five hundred million. Right. Um, but even with that change, it's it's not the amount of money. You've got you've even got school choice advocates. Um, like the Terry Collinses of the world, saying we need to have accountability standards in there. We need to have something that follows these students to understand that the state money that we're investing like this, mm-hmm. you're seeing progress. And they've been re- the sponsors of that bill have been very resistant. I've talked to Larry Stutz face to face and asked him if that would be a, um, a a deal breaker on his bill an amendment like that. And he said, yes, this is absolutely the accountability is with the parents. Yep. So then until that changes, I don't see that passing it, even those that want to have vouchers. Um, but yeah, this accountability act revision ups the amount of money that can be spent overall ups the amount of money that, that go to tax credits for these families that are taking oh, it advantage. Expands the, it, it would get rid of the 
the, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but uh, it, it gets rid of the term failing schools. Which is and, a, a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it would use the report card that was established several years ago. And if you were a ABC D, 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 or D, D yeah, yeah, then students there could could qualify for the scholarships. Yeah. And so that that almost doubles the number of schools that would qualify as what they're going what they would rename as um, priority, priority schools. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I mean. I don't know if it would, it would certainly double the amount of students eligible. I'm pretty sure it doubled. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. But and so, so that it might be even exponential. If it doubles the amount of schools, it really increases the number of students who can take advantage. Um, and again, these are the, the lowest performing schools in the state. And when I talk to school choice advocates, especially the ones that have been school choice advocates for a long time and aren't, mm -hmm. aren't, aren't new to the game, say that's the whole point. That the, the point is getting kids who are in, in circumstances that they can't control, you know, out to better circumstances if we can, not just giving parents money mm -hmm. um, or allow them to keep money or, or whatever it is. And so, so yeah, the, the that's why I think this that bill, that school choice bill has a real good chance of passing, plus this charter school sort of update to the law doesn't really have much to do with money but it's some changes that they want to i think those two right. but when we get to the end of the session and the price act hasn't passed you're gonna hear a lot of people say well the legislature did not do school choice this year well yeah they did they, mm -hmm. just, did, they just didn't do the one you wanted but right. and no but i mean what state what state gives parents seven thousand dollars well and just says there are plenty of them. There are at least four or five that have that have gone down this ESA path, education savings account path. Right. But all of them, Arizona, Florida, Iowa, all of them, even the ones that are considering it right now, have put accountability measures in the law. Mm -hmm. And I think it's telling when when this bill has come up that you didn't see the excellence in education. You know, you didn't see the Americans. Uh, American Federation for Children, these national groups who have been a huge part of the, the voucher, the ESA movement in these other mm -hmm. states. Um, I think I think accountability could be a big reason why. But and so I, it beats me why they won't agree to that amendment because not that one has been offered. I'm just saying, right. In the in the in notionally, um, yeah. And and they they should have seen this coming because I mean this is where Del Marsh's bill last year kind of fell apart. The the accountability part. Yeah, um, or it was part of the reason it, it fell apart. So well, yeah, because the because homeschool and all that. Um, right. So it's a, look, it's not easy to do. I'm just saying, um, that's that's going to be that's going to be the reason why. Yeah. All right. Talk what else? Me, talk to me about Space Command. Oh yay! Um. <laughs> and I should say, I should say, I still, even though I have a lot of stories that run on Mondays. I think the best thing we run on Mondays is Boyd's column. And he the column was has done well. He has been all over. He was on the Space Command stuff before anybody else last week. Well, besides me. But well, um, oh. <laughs> okay. But oh yeah, you for, had it in inside okay, for for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. non paywalled stories, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um Well, then let's let's start back there. So 
inside Alabama politics, I, I'd say most people listening to this podcast know what that is. It's our, you know, subscriber only, you know, it's kind of rumor rag, if you will. <laughs> it's, it's better than that, but, it's, but it's, 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 it's where we can put more rumor-based, unnamed right. sources, right. things like that, that we wouldn't, our, our, our standards on, you know, beyond the paywall published articles, yeah. we don't use stuff like that. But for this right. particular product, it's been around for almost 40 years. It's the perfect place for it. And so, so I kept hearing from folks on Capitol Hill that this, this Senator Toberville's hold on military promotions, which I, mm -hmm. I think everybody's familiar with at this point, had was really so starting to irritate some delegation members. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, he's irritating the Pentagon and irritating the White House, but it's more significant that his own colleagues are starting to question the effectiveness of his tactics. You know, where's the end game here? You know, they're clearly not going to change their policy. It does, does them no good. So they're not, they're not yeah. going to give in to you. Cause so where's the end game? Where's the off ramp? You know, we, everybody understands like a filibuster, but where does it end? Um, and so, because it, it doesn't always end like Mr. Smith goes to Washington and the guy just confesses, right? <laughs> and then you win. There's got to be off ramps. And so that that began to percolate. I um, heard from a lot of people about this. But there was a couple of people who had sort of one step beyond that and was, we're starting to worry about Space Command. Yeah. Like they already, they meaning the Biden administration, already does not want to, to send this to Alabama. They would love to reverse this decision. It's pretty complicated and, and so much, you know, is, is, is already, you know, so much hay is already in the barn, but like they, it does Biden zero politically right. good to send it to Alabama. It does him pl plenty politically good to send it to, to Colorado. Um, so that began percolating up. I put it all out there just for everybody to see. Well, paid subscribers of uh, you know, AD and insiders to see. Then Stephen wrote his column the next day, which was, uh, they really complimented each other mm -hmm. um, about how this has become a political football. And lo and behold, six days later, NBC News reports that indeed the Biden White House is considering taking this reversing the Pentagon's decision, or at least temporarily because of the abortion question. And I, I mean, it's worth sort of walking this out. Their argument would be, okay, this, the decision to base Spacecom in Huntsville was made before the 2021 Dobbs decision mm -hmm. that reversed Roe v. Wade, thus making Alabama's strictest in the nation abortion law um, in effect, and such a draconian, strict abortion law is um, is a quality of life problem for basing a something like Spacecom in Huntsville because those that we would force to base there could not have access to the same abortion that they could in other states. That would be their argument. Right. Um, obviously, you can pick, you know, poke holes in that. You can say, well, that's that's just a political issue. Of course, you throw on top of that the fact that Senator Toberville 
disagrees with the policy of sending people to other states to obtain abortion. So it's kind of a dumb whammy. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's sort of the the level setting on where where we are. I was I've been asked, do you think it's done? Do you think it really is over? And I don't think that's the case. Number one, um, what they're basically asking for and what they're basically considering doing is is delaying the decision, saying, hey, look, we're in the middle of this Ukrainian thing. We're in the middle of uh, a lot of different budgetary things going on. Let's just let's just hold off on Space Command permanent location, leave the operation in Colorado Springs. And so if that was the case, then there very well could be a new president by the time that they're, they get around to a final basing decision. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that to me, uh, and, and then you got the, the second factor and this is maybe less likely, but, you know, should Toberville continue on his, um, mission about, you know, ho holding these military promotions, mm -hmm. could it, is it possible that a deal could be struck that, all right, look, I will, I will stand down on blocking these military promotions if you seal up the deal with Huntsville and Space Command. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the pro-life community would be a little disappointed by that, but yeah, uh, everybody else would call him a hero. And right. Would I, yeah, would, would the Biden administration want to give him that much credit for that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? I think, yeah. I think, but look, I don't think they would be signaling this because this was clearly fed to reporters. This is right. not like some reporter saying, "Oh, I've got, I've got an idea." Somebody at the Pentagon, <laughs> more likely the White House, yeah, fed them this, and they reported it. You don't, you only do that if you want some kind, you want to some start buzz. some kind of conversation. Yeah. And if part of that conversation is, "Look, we're gonna, you know, we have the power to take this from you. We also have have the power to give it to you. So yeah. why don't you come to the table?" And so, I don't know. Again, it's been a while since I worked in Washington. I probably don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I don't know nearly as much as I used to. But um, those are those are two of the dynamics at play. But um, and and look, it, when you nakedly signal that yes, it could be about abortion, their face value arguments notwithstanding, that is political. Yeah. Um, and and the other part of that is. Okay, yeah, Alabama probably has the strictest, but mm -hmm. there are plenty of states with very strict abortion laws right. now. And so are we going to start pulling bases from Florida, for, you know, from Texas? Right. I mean, if, it's, if it's bad for this, is it bad for everything? And is the next round of BRAC going to be abortion a, you know, a witness to, <laughs> yeah, a uh, litmus test on, on abortion laws? So right. there are some logical problems with the White House's thinking. But again, I think it was a shot across the bow to just continue to abuse military metaphors um, about the whole Toberville hold thing. I just I get that sense. But so yeah, do we are we watching to see what he starts doing or stops doing in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, right now is you wonder if they're even talking, and so much is going on with the debt limit. I mean, that's yeah. just soaking up all the oxygen, like. I had a conversation with somebody today about the whole Toberville space command, all these things. Um, I said, this might be the biggest story happening in Washington right now, if it weren't for the debt limit. Yeah, uh, it, it very much could be. So 
talk to me in a week after hopefully they've reached some kind of conclusion on the debt limit. Okay. So. Podcast in a week. We'll do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe sooner than that. Well, look, let's wrap this up. So everybody, everybody doesn't have to listen to so much of our joining on, but the good conversation and, um, yeah. and you know, we will talk to everybody next time. It's going to be a busy week. So get some, get some caffeine and let's go. (laughs) Buckle up. Right. All right. Thanks, Mary. (laughs)